Hi, I'm sitting here with the lovely Shalina. And I'm sitting here with the lovely Neka. Welcome to What's Your Safe Word? A podcast about declarations of resistance by us, Women at the Center. So this is the spot that if you wanted to sponsor us, we would advertise you or your company or your brand. Today, since we don't have a sponsor, we are promoting the beach. Because what is more lovely than just sitting on a beach, listening to waves as your toes are in the sand, and you're watching like paragliders and all of these adventure sports, but you're not doing it. And you're just lying there and reading or just watching the sunset. So this is your daily dose of like relaxation at the beach. So if you have uh, something to sponsor us with, you can email us at podcast at womenatthecenter.com. So what are we drinking? Today we're doing it old school okay. and we're gonna do mimosas. So we have simply orange orange juice. Lovely. And then we have Spumante Bambino. Okay, which you're, she's pointing in my direction, <laughs> having half opened it. And here oh, it I don't think it's opened at all. Oh no, it's coming. Okay, good. good. It's coming, it's coming. Oh, oh good job. Oh. <laughs> it just said, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. For the check-in. All right. Um, we can start with our mental noise, okay. which <clears throat> today we, uh, when we got into the office, we were sharing, and uh, Amanda, the our podcast producer, that hey, is Amanda, <laughs> hi, always here with us, and you already know her voice. She shared something that happened to her within this past week. And um, we, it really became all of our mental noise. Right. And as soon as she shared it, we wanted to do something about it and right. be the riot that Women of the Center is. And so we're going to share her mental noise with her permission um, because I think it overshadows both of what we were feeling when we walked in the room. Exactly, today. exactly. So she is getting married. Yay! Yay, Amanda! And yay, Zach! And yay to her partner, yeah. And they're doing wedding dress shopping right now. And so she has a dress, but she wanted to go see what else is out there because her current dress isn't feeling just right. And so um, they went to Kleinfeld. Kleinfeld. Kleinfeld? Kleinfeld. Kleinfeld. Canada. Uh, so we're based in Toronto. There's one Kleinfelds here down in Yorkville. It's at um, the Hudson's Bay on Queen, actually, Queen and Yorkville. Oh, okay, Queen and Yorkville. And so Amanda went down to Kleinfeld and had an appointment there. Before you say that, actually, yeah. um, part of the process of booking the appointment is that there's a form you fill out online. And that form asks you some very specific questions so that the, presumably, so that the staff can prepare and get ready for you to come. So yeah. Amanda filled out the form, sent it off, thinking that when she shows up, 
they are going to be prepared for her and her mother showing up. Yeah, Amanda also prepared by looking beforehand mm -hmm. at Kleinfeld's selection and what sizes they went to and things like that. So she thought that when she showed up, there would be options there mm -hmm. for her. So then she shows up with her mom and they get put into a room and the woman lets Amanda know that, I didn't even know this, I didn't know that this was a thing, but all the sample size at Kleinfeld's Kleinfeld. Kleinfeld? Kleinfeld. Kleinfeld. I don't know why you say I don't, wrong. she didn't even let us know. It was just that we saw that as we were walking around. Oh, you guys just saw that all mm -hmm. the sample sizes are size 10. I mean, I don't know if anybody knows bridal sizes up there, but bridal sizes are like four sizes bigger. Two to four sizes bigger than what your normal size is. Or s smaller fit, but bigger number. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so like a size 10 is normally like a size 6 in like regular streetwear. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, anyway, so they only had size 10 as a sample size to try on, which is not Amanda's size. And that became quite hard to have to sit through this appointment and kind of go through with it while this, uh, what would you call them? Consultant. Consultant, thank you, a bridal consultant, is trying to get this dress onto a body that it's not going to fit. And um, wasn't listening to Amanda telling her that it wasn't going to fit her. Uh, and this woman kept trying and pulling and tugging. And I don't know, like, as a woman myself that's been in many change rooms before, I, and I'm sure people listening to this can also relate to that feeling of being in a change room and pulling and tugging on ourselves, but I can't imagine someone else doing that while you're telling them that that thing isn't going to fit you or that, you know, mm -hmm. you're not the body size for this sample size. Um, so that was obviously like incredibly hard to sit through and to have to go through. And when Amanda left the store, sorry, I'm gonna back up. When the dresses wouldn't go over, the woman actually just put a robe on Amanda and then clipped the size 10 dresses to her body just so that she could see what it would look like. Which is the most ridiculous and insensitive act. Yeah. But I'm sorry, I'm going to reserve my comment until you've finished explaining to the audience, so I carry on. <laughs> um, and then she was just supposed to be able to see the wedding dress like that and then try to make a decision and was told that if she liked one of those dresses, she would actually have to order it based on the appearance of it just clipped on her body instead of being on, like over her body, like mm -hmm. wearing it. Mm -hmm. um, and she wouldn't have to pay for the dress and customize it, and then she wouldn't know what the dress actually looked like until it came. Yeah. Um, and so when Amanda left this, she, this appointment, she was obviously super, upset, like I'm sure anyone would be. She felt dehumanized. She felt as though fat bodies weren't supposed to be getting married. She felt as though her, it was like an actual thing against her and like who she was. And so we heard this this morning and got 
incredibly upset. Yeah. And I mean, Amanda also told us today that Joe Fresh, which is a company, uh, they just started a plus size line, but they've left out lingerie, which is like lingerie or just, you know, underwears and bras, um, bathing suits, like swimwear, as well as activewear. And so it's this idea that fat bodies do not exercise, they don't have sex, they don't just wear underwear, and like they don't swim, or they shouldn't be seen in these places, and they don't have like a place for themselves in these places. And so this is something that we really, really wanted to take up in the podcast because we think it's really important to unpack these fat phobic, like outwardly fat phobic things that are going on. Yeah, my, my thing is it's it's more than unpacking. Um, I was so angry and so upset that I am um, I wanted us to call out, mm-hmm. right? And I, we usually talk about calling people in, but this is not a call-in conversation. This is a call-out conversation. The call-in comes after. Yeah, the call-in comes after. We have to call, call you it out, out first, and then call, call you in. in. Exactly. And to be here and to see how traumatic that experience was for Amanda and then thinking about it's not just her all the other young all the other women young or otherwise who go into these spaces really excited about their upcoming nuptials and really excited about bringing their mothers and their friends to this you know trope of an experience and then being met by this type of violence Mm -hmm. because of fat phobia I was so disgusted and one of the things that we said when we talked about this is it's 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 not good enough. And Amanda in her kindness and generosity was saying, Well, you know, she's not holding the, the consultant accountable, that it's it's sort of a a, um, a, a big social movement against fat bodies, fat identified bodies. And I thought, yes, I understand that the, the young woman who was a consultant it's it's her job but then there's a thing about human compassion mm-hmm. and just reading the fucking room yeah right for you to start and so your client is saying to you this is not going to work and you are so busy about your commission and your sales that you are completely ignoring yeah this young woman young woman's needs and wishes i thought it's beyond calling out the organization which we're going to do but it's also about telling people to check yourself. Yeah. Right. That it's 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 just deplorable, and part of what we we d- part of the reason why we decided we're going to talk about this is in our check-in was about accountability, and to say to um, bridal houses everywhere, shame on you. You need to bloody well do better. Yeah. You need to do better, and if you're not going to do better, women at the centre is going to bring the riot, which is what we're going to do. And part of bringing the riot. And we were asking Amanda, what is it that you want us to do? What is it that you want to do? And Amanda was saying about, you know, she thought about writing an article. I said, yeah, articles are absolutely fantastic and you bloody well better write the article. But we also are going to support the the cause by um, writing and putting it on letterhead that we we stand with you. We stand with you, Amanda. And all the other women. And all the other women who are experiencing this type of stuff. We, we feel for all the women who've, who have already experienced the, 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 sh- the fat shaming, but we are not here for any of that, and somebody needs to start talking about it. And so we're hoping that by raising this as part of our check-in, mental noise, you know, and advocacy, that it's, it won't stand. No. It won't stand. And we know, like, 
if you're listening to the, this podcast and you've started at the beginning and you're still here, <laughs> we're, we're assuming that you have a critical ear or at least you're willing to have one. Um, and I think, I think it even goes, I think it actually goes beyond fat phobia. And it's about like fat erasure, like the erasure of fat bodies mm -hmm. in our society yeah. and like, like not even allowing them to exist in places and like the politics of that. Um, as well as like, especially when we're talking about a wedding. And so when Amanda shared this story, I shared a story about my sister who also went into um, a bridal sale and was given, you know, plus size dresses to try on and things like that. But even though the dresses were fitting, the woman that was helping said to her, well, I'm assuming you're planning on losing weight before the wedding. So even, even that assumption that people look at only fat bodies with is this assumption that fat bodies can't just be be. Mm -hmm. yeah. They have to always be in transition to skinnier bodies. Yeah. And so I think I think we really need to, yeah, more than unpack this idea, but really resist it and rebel against it exactly. and like figure out something else that these bridal salons can do. And not just bridal salons, whether it be swimwear yeah. or whether it be active wear or whether it be any type of anywhere, yeah. <laughs> like any public space, even, you know, we've talked about things before where doctor's offices or like certain chairs that like certain bodies can't fit into or things aren't accessible because of that. And it's not, it should never go back on that person. It should always be the accountability should needs to be with like the provider of that. Exactly. So, yeah. um, so before we move on, I wanted to I saw this last night, and that when you were talking, I wanted to share it, but I was going to wait for the podcast to share it. But I don't know if anybody knows Jillian Bell. She's a comedian. She's starred in like a lot of things with Seth Rogen. But she posted on Instagram, and she posted uh, a bunch of different pictures of herself at all different body weights, and then an article that she wrote for Glamour.com. And it's called, I've had a lot of different body sizes, and they're all important. And so this is what she says about that. <clears throat> These are some of the bodies I've had in my life. Sometimes when I look at old pictures, I tend to judge how I look instead of remembering how I felt or even the event that took place. After I finished shooting Britney Runs a Marathon, which I'm assuming is a movie, I was inspired to make big changes in the way I thought about myself, treating myself with love and kindness. And yet, when I would see an old picture pop up, I couldn't help but criticize, criticize, and criticize. It didn't seem in line with this new me and everything I discovered by playing this role. My friend and I were talking one night and decided to start a public conversation. What if we celebrated all stages, all bodies? In all of these bodies you see, I've felt hope and sorrow and anxiety and pure joy. In all of these bodies, I've traveled and loved and cried and danced and lost a parent and worked on movie sets and had orgasms. They've all experienced heartache and beauty, and I'm done thinking one of them is better or more right than the other one. Uh, I wrote an article for Glamour Magazine about it, and the link is on my profile. Um, and so I think, I think it's like this idea, because like I also struggle with this, about like seeing some pictures and then seeing others, and having like this knowledge around you that all of your bodies <laughs> like mm -hmm. is important. At like, yeah. Anyway, it reminded me of this mental noise. Is there anything you want to add, Amanda? Um. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a, it, it's, it's just still heavy on me. Like, it literally happened, like, last night. And so, 
the reason I asked Shalina and Nekka to speak about it as opposed to me speaking about it myself is just because it's feeling very heavy on me still. And so I think that, obviously I think it's important for like fat bodies to be centered in this conversation in this moment. I just needed allies and that's what they were. Mm -hmm. So like that's why they spoke about it. Um, which obviously I love and appreciate them for. And I just think that like you, like you need both. And I think that's something that like, I was saying, and we were all saying after this, like, event was just that, like, like, at least for me, like, I went, like, not at least, like, I went home and I felt awful, and I still am, but it's, like, okay, like, I have this, like, wonderful team, and there's, like, wonderful support systems around me, and, like, I have this lens that, like, I'm, like, it's not my body, like, my body's okay, um, but it still is heavy and hard, and so it's just, like, if you don't have those support systems, if you don't have that lens, like, how hard, like, how much harder that would be, yeah. and, um, yeah, like, I just think, we, like, like, eating disorders are so prevalent, and we're seeing so many people, like, die, or hurt, or suffer, because they just want their body to, like, look a certain way, and it's, like, fueled by, like, spaces, like I was in last night, or conversations, like, your sister had, Shalina, or just, like, all of those things, and it's, like, that's awful. Yeah. And even if people don't realize that, like, in the moment they're doing that much harm, like, it's violent. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just think that it's, like, we need to be, like, more aware of that because it's, like, it's so, it, like, it's, like, it weighs on you so heavily. Like, yeah. it's not something that you can just, like, brush off. Like, it's with you. Yeah. Um, but the, the, what I think is so powerful is in spite of what you experienced, you were still not showing up for the bullshit. You came, you ready spoke, to fight. ready, yeah. ready to fight. And it was not, as you said, not just about you. You were here for other, other women, other bodies. And one of the things that makes us, and I say as an organization, but also as your colleagues, so damn proud of you is that in spite of the trauma and the violence that you experienced, you were showing up to say, I am not here for that fuckery. Yeah. And so I am, I know I'm speaking for the whole team, we're so proud of you, Amanda. Mm -hmm. We're so proud of you and so honored that you are part of this, this team because your voice is important. Your, body's your, your body is beautiful. Your body is beautiful. And we, as a group, will not let anybody, anybody, tell you otherwise. So that's why we are, we're bringing the riot to yeah. Kleinfelds and anybody else. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> and we're calling, Canada, we're yeah. calling, expect a, an in-person, we're delivering <laughs> the, the message. A protest. We are. We're delivering our letter to you in person, so expect it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, I think what Amanda said, too, is really important about all those other women, and specifically probably girls yeah. that go home, young girls, like thinking of like the first time you ever went on a diet or something, when like these girls are like 12 or something like this, like, yeah, those girls. Oh, like, this is so off topic, but like, Weight Watchers came up with a new app that's specifically targeted at like, kids and youth. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so that's a whole, we can do a whole other episode yeah. on that. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, this is like, it's not just Kleinfeld, it's yeah. so rampant. I think that this was just like, obviously very close to home, and like, I feel really lucky that I have a space like this where I can come in and talk about it, and we can put it on this platform. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I think just like, <laughs> I feel really lucky and hopefully if people are listening to this and it means something to them or if it means something to somebody that they know. Um, and I think just like as also like if you're like straight sized or thin allies like listening to this, like like not just bridal shopping, just think of that in general when shopping yeah. with your mm-hmm. like plus size or fat friends. Like that's something to keep in mind when you go yeah. shopping with them. Yeah. Beautiful message. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Amanda. Um, do you wanna go to our success next? Sure. For me, um, my success is be- uh, around a couple of days ago, we had a board meeting and invited our board of directors as well as two candidates who were interested in joining the board. And it was the first time the whole group got to meet the flipping amazing women that I get to hang out with, my team, at Women at the Centre every day. And the day was really long. It was like, well, it was a long day. The, the actual meeting went on for five hours, all told. But at the end of it, I, I went home, I got home like 10.30 at night, and I was so energized and so motivated and so smitten. Again, re- I fell in love all over again with my whole team um, of women, the, the staff. I fell in love again with my flipping amazing board of directors. And I got to connect with two equally spectacular women who want to join the organization. So that's a success and a gratitude because there are women out there who have experienced all forms of horrific forms of gendered violence but they are not sitting back Mm -hmm. sort of taking it they are showing up determined and resolute to bring about change and i was just really really grateful at the success of the organization it was an absolutely excellent meeting i agree yeah and you could feel like the resiliency and strength and power in the room. So mm-hmm. that was very good. Uh, my success is that I think I've talked a little bit about uh, my relationship on this podcast and a little bit about like the changes that are happening in it. But my success this week was that we told my partner's parents about like the changes that are happening in our relationship. And she was, well, her and her partner were the most supportive I have ever like bear witness to in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just super, I guess you also did your gratitude, but I'm just super grateful for for them and for having like a safe space that you didn't know was safe. Mm-hmm. You know, like when something turns out to surprise you, it's almost like it's better than even knowing that it was there to begin with. Yeah. So I think, I think that that's my success this week. Um, and then my gratitude is, it's for like knowing my resources. That's my gratitude this week. Like the things that we do did when we were kids, like, you know, for hobbies, say like read or draw or like, you know, go out and play sports or things like that. They almost become like our self-care toolkit when we're older. Like, and so, <clears throat> Like, just getting back into some of those things that really gave me joy when I was a kid at, like, reading. Like, I can get lost in a book and, like, start to finish it. And so I'm just, like, very grateful for having those resources when life gets a bit too busy and full and crowded. 
that you're able to take something from that toolkit that you've concocted <laughs> and like Perfect. use it. So that's my gratitude. Love it. Um, mental noise. Oh. We, are, we already did mental noise. That was mine. Yeah. Was that both? Was that your mental noise? Amanda's mental noise? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to share yours? I had a mental noise. Okay. That was all mine, which is actually environmental. My mental noise has been around the fires in the Amazon. Mm -hmm. And it actually ties in with my, my youngest daughter's, Christiana's, um, sort of foray into advocacy because she's really, really concerned about the violence that's happening to the environment. And I was, I was really upset reading all the, the media stuff on how the Brazilian government are, because of ego, are not willing to take the offer from the other parts of the world to help them fight the fires in the Amazon. And it got me thinking about male ego and how people are prepared to stand aside and not put their, their personal sense of indignation aside and watch, literally, watch the, the Amazon burn. Well, I think it's because it was done on purpose. Well, there's that. There's yeah, that. so like I think Brazil has like a lot of ties to it. They're the greatest agriculture um, exporter of cows in all of the world. Yeah. And so big ag agriculture yeah. paid them a ton of money to, to burn turn, down their farms. Yeah, and to then to pretend this sense of affrontery and yeah. indignation. So that, that really upset yeah. me. That really has yeah. been sort of stewed in my head. Um, so this week on the podcast, we are doing a media analysis. We are on one of our favorite. Favorites. That was great. <laughs> um, and we're doing the Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Uh, we are doing episode in eleven in season three, and the episode is called Liars. So we're having Nicole join us from our team, we're having Janet Yay. join us from our team, and Amanda, our podcast producer, will be joining us. And so we will have that. Welcome you guys. Let's welcome Amanda, Janet, and Nicole. Yay. JC, JC, Nicole, Nicole, welcome. Welcome Thank back, you. welcome back. So much for yes, having that. <laughs> <laughs> So Shalima said, today we're going to do an analysis of uh, this very interesting show called The Handmaid's Tale. And there's a specific episode that um, we all were assigned to watch, which is episode 11 <laughs> of season three. Liars. Liars. And it's called Liars. Yeah. Do you, be, I, we, sorry, I just thought of it. Do you want to give people a like, very brief synopsis of the show in general? people that watch the show. Sure, absolutely. Um, so it's based on Margaret Atwood's book, which came out in like the 70s. And pretty much what it is, is um, there is this utopian world, right? Post, it's post-apocalyptic. Post okay, that's probably a better it's way a to describe it. It's dystopian, 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 religious cult has taken over parts of the United States and what they do is they put women into slavery and sex trafficking and make them slaves in every way possible. Mm -hmm. um, and so The Handmaid's Tale is specifically about one handmaid and a handmaid 
is a woman that is still fertile, and the commanders, which are the men in charge, are legally allowed to rape these women with their wives holding them down to create the next generation. Yeah. And the idea behind it is because infertility has risen to such a profound state, and it's a global problem. Mm -hmm. And so this this new United, with the, not United States, this new country called Gilead yeah. now has a system in place that is heavily patriarchal and has subjugated women in, in ways that women are now, again, commodities. It's like their bodies. Yes. And handmaids are specifically the bodies that are there to uh, breed and to breed with these commanders who, who, yeah. who are infertile. And their wives, the men are... The men are sterile and the women are infertile. I think that's the way. They, some of the, uh, some some of the, the women. Uh, yes, it's both. And I, but they, 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 in the show, they only talk about the women. They would yeah. never outwardly say that it's the men's fault. Yeah. But uh, I, I was talking about the difference between being sterile oh, and infertile. infertile. Yeah. I think sorry. Sterility is about men. Men, yes, yeah. infertile. Yeah. Is sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, the Handmaid's Tale focuses on June who is a handmaid uh, placed at a certain house and just her experiences at that house with that commander and his wife, as well as like the things that go on within that house, but also like in the community that they live in. Um, if you haven't watched it, it's quite scary. It's, it's not supposed to be scary, but it's, yeah, it's disturbing and kind of horrific um, in what they do to these women. And what, what actually, because uh, I didn't watch it for, I didn't watch the first season, I didn't watch the second season, and the third season was over, and I think I was, it was in episode nine, for season three, that I actually then sat down and binge watched the whole thing. And what I found really disconcerting was the fact that it actually reflected what is happening right mm -hmm. now in yeah. the United States, yeah. in the yeah. sort of the reproductive, um, disempowerment of women yeah. and so it, it felt so it feels so real and so raw with uh, you know, male domination a little bit of uh, well a lot of white supremacy yeah uh, so yeah it, it doesn't feel dystopian it actually feels like it's what's happening, happening right now yeah. in the United States yeah, yeah. that's for sure um, so the way that we're gonna do this is we're just gonna start at the beginning of the episode and kind of go through and uh, where we're starting is... <sighs> you know what, I'm sorry to cut you, but we really should have done a, a warning. So if you, if you haven't watched episode 11... Oh, uh, you can add that though. A spoiler alert? Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah. As with all of our media watch episodes. <laughs> Thank you, darling. You gotta, you gotta watch it before you listen. There we go. Unless you, unless you don't care don't care, then keep listening. Yeah, yeah. But if you do care, watch and then come right back. There we go. Yeah. Sorry. And we've also all seen up to the finale, so things might also come out Ooh. about that <laughs> as well. So, but I mean, it's yeah. been aired for like two weeks now, and by the time this goes out, a lot longer, so it's mm -hmm. okay. Um, so the, the way that this starts is June is at home with Commander Lawrence and his wife Eleanor, and. Eleanor pulls a gun on him, on Lawrence. And so I think what was interesting for me in that, what I got out of that scene, was Eleanor was telling 
Florence, it's all your fault. Mm -hmm. And then June said, it's your fault too. And I think, and then said, it's all of our fault. And I think what that showed me is like, when people talk about patriarchy, and then they talk about like women's um, complicity and and role within patriarchy as well, right? And so although like he's the commander, just the same as the Waterfords, as the, although Fred is the commander, Serena did a lot of stuff to put women here. Although in this she's place. on a different level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So I thought I thought that was really interesting. And I think the, I think that what was so interesting about that too is that it like it was about really like complacency and like the fact that like even just by sitting by, like you allowed this to happen because yeah. we weren't revolting. Yeah. The fact that we aren't we weren't all like let's get the fuck out of here. Like we let this happen. Yeah. Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I thought they actually made an interesting comment in just after that scene where June is talking to Commander Lawrence and he calls her insane. And it's like this mm. use of like sanest language. Yeah. But then also says after like, uh, it's interesting that we can do like a mental health check with like the... Yeah, that, that was a really... that part got me because there were two things he identified mm-hmm. about they didn't factor in for mental health and they didn't factor in for mother uh, mother attached yeah yeah I'm Attach- sorry? the attachment piece yeah mother women mothers being attached to their children mm-hmm. they should have they should have thought more about that but I I was that irritated me mm-hmm. yeah that that whole scene irritated me because there was this sort of flippant way yeah. of talking about the role of women and the mental health of women and the it was like this flippant dismissal and it's ignoring the fact that all of the reason why she's experiencing those mental health yeah, issues is because of the fucking yeah. the yeah, way that I the mean, with I, that is structured yeah, right? yeah i was literally just gonna say like i'm like like you're the cause like exactly what you said she's like all of the same as language it's like she's experiencing distress because she's living in a violent yeah community, yeah. country, whatever the like terminology that you would use for that. Like she's living in extreme violence in a place where her body is completely devalued. Mm-hmm. Who would not be experiencing distress? Yeah. I wouldn't have I like me personally, I I always put myself yeah. into that and like I would not survive in that. Yeah. yeah. I would not survive in that. Yeah. Who are we talking about? Because I there are June. two women. June. Uh, because I I was thinking about Lawrence's wife. I was thinking about both. Right. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about both women. Both. I, both, yeah. Both. He doesn't call her insane. Though. No. He calls June insane. He calls June yeah, insane. But, yeah, but his his wife was actually having a mental break. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was ironic because he 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 saw her her mental break, the wife's mental break, but had the audacity to be directing right. mental health yeah. issues to mm. the handmaid who was like the had her shit, yeah, yeah. had her shit together. Yeah. But again, he and he called her the ice maiden because she refused to to again break and to give in to the, the male domination so yeah. I felt that it was a really disingenuous analysis on his part and a, a very convenient way that men are able to separate oh, yeah. the, you know my mother my my mm-hmm. wife from mm-hmm. the the my mistress or yeah any other woman on any other woman and they, they portray him in such a I mean, if you don't have a critical lens, you 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 like him. You think he's so great. Yeah. Oh, and I, I knew yeah. it from the end of season two. I have not liked, liked him at all. I do not like him. No. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't like him. No. I think he's doing things to make up for the things that he's done. He is. That doesn't make to get what he did okay. No, and I think that that's. No. Yeah. JC. Uh, I like the guy. 
<laughs> and that's where I guess everybody would be Ugh. different with, with my companion because unlike the other commanders in the community, yes, he helped to set it up, but I think he knows the harm that he did. And reflecting back on it, yes, he had four, four, four handmaids. None of them produced. That's why there was that forced scene with the, the episode called The Witness, I believe it is. Um, and so he knows what it's about, but he's willing to make changes undercover, knowing that yes, it, he can end up on the wall and probably should ended up on the wall for a lot of the things that he did. Yeah, because he, he, he was a little bit subversive himself. When you look at the, the decor in his house, yeah. him refusing to attend meetings, mm -hmm. yeah. and as you said, none of his handmaids, previous handmaids, but it's all, pregnant. he's subversive right. while still living in privilege. Like, yeah. he's able, he's like, he's willing to put up a fight from the comfort of his like fancy desk yeah. Yeah. So house, yes. house and that like really. yeah and so like I'm like I actually don't think he's willing to risk a lot no. I think he's willing to risk what he's comfortable mm -hmm. yeah I don't think he's comfortable like I, I don't think he's willing to do anything that's outside of like what he defines yeah. as his boundary exactly. and I think the only reason that we're seeing him do kind of a bit more now is because he realizes that he has to get him and his wife what out yeah. and so the only reason he's pushed himself this far is because it's own his own like personal. yeah personal like gain, gain yeah. and his wife's gain because yeah. I do think he has a genuine love for his yeah, wife. For yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think it's interesting that we see him as good because I think you're supposed to see him as good as soon as you realize that he's not breaking with it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, mm. I've said this probably before on the podcast, but about like that applauding mediocrity, right? Yeah. Like we're <laughs> applauding this man who doesn't rape women yeah. legally in this society that he created. Yeah. And yeah. so it's it's like a very... Yeah, and just to go yeah. back to his, his whole character, the whole character analysis bit, if you think about sort of Nazi Germany and the role, because he was the e economist behind the, the system, you, you learned this mm -hmm. before, he was the guy that, that looked at the economic um, framework for setting up this Gilead. And the, the fact that he reduced, he created the, the what's that place? The colonies. The colonies. He created the colonies. When you think about how he was able to reduce human beings to their dollar amounts and and remove humanity, remove humani any humanity from the, the people, the women, I, I tend to find whatever, you know, compassion I would have had towards him it constantly dissipates every time I think about for him it's and plus the fact that who raided all the museums all the art he has all the art in his house he's mm -hmm. able to enjoy the music and and everybody That's else what I mean it's all from the comfort of his own it home. is yeah. it is so and, I, I'm and, sorry no 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 I, no and there there's still like the Martha's and the hands yeah. that are still catering to him and yeah. he yeah. likes it yeah yeah oh, he yeah. enjoys it yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially Sorry, early on really in the well. season when he embarrassed June in front of mm -hmm. all the commanders mm -hmm. by going and making her get a book off the shelf, and they're not supposed to. Yeah. Um. So after that scene, it then went to Beth, uh, Beth being the Martha in the uh, commander's house, Commander uh, Lawrence. Lawrence, and she was getting June to bring her down to the other Marthas that were not agreeing with this plan of saving 52 children on a plane. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I thought that was a very interesting 
Me too. Scene. Me too. Because there were two black women. Yes. Okay, yeah. There were two black women within the four, Mm -hmm. okay? And then June is a a very much a white woman. (laughs) Very much a white woman. (laughs) (laughs) And they, the um, four Marthas that came to talk to June, were trying to tell her that they already have something going on. They already have a plan. This plan has been in works for however long. I think the woman said, like, the train was already running. You've just jumped on. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it, it was a very interesting yeah, way of talking about how white women sometimes co-opt yep. these yes. things that black women already have, like, running. Mm-hmm. But and they get applauded for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, so this is kind of separate than that. But, like, I was saying earlier, so on the show Dear White People, they... In the first couple seasons of that, they had like they don't ever name the show, like they don't outright be like are saying, "Oh, we're watching Handmaid's Tale," but you can tell they're trying to link link that. So the first couple of seasons, they were watching like a show that was clearly supposed to be like Scandal. Mm, and, yes, I remember. And that. now this season, the latest seasons of Dear White People have are now they're clearly watching a show that's supposed to be like Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, <laughs> and that show is really good, and I think it's really important for white people to watch, especially just because. It like calls out whiteness like really, really clever, like in like really clever ways. And so we're watching it, and the like one of the main characters who's like a young black woman is like, yeah, saying to her friend like, I don't know how you watch that white like that white show, and they're, and she's like, I don't know either. Like it's all about this, you know, this white woman, and like they can't believe that there's slavery in the United States. Who would have ever thought that that would be a thing? And she was like, I don't understand why we're all so obsessed with this. Like, who could believe the United States would do this? Yeah. And I was like, Oh my god, yeah. Oh, oh my Mic god. Drop. I literally was like, Oh, oh no. Like, I, I do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, and so it was just like, all of a sudden, it was like, Oh, that's Ooh. such an interesting lens. And I do think the show is important for, like, The Handmaid's Tale is important for lots of different reasons. But it was like, oh, that's a really good call out. Mm-hmm. to whiteness in it yeah and so like i think like yeah like that was a big scene where i was like oh like it's hinting at it but it's not like it's explicitly yeah like it's yeah. not explicitly and, and it's, funny, it's funny you, you you're drawing the analogy with slavery because i every time i'm watching uh june in her attempt to get somebody out <laughs> or never mind but all i see is this uh harriet tubman wannabe Right, she she fancies herself as this woman that extricates people, and and then she st- she goes back. She always goes back in, even though she's had chances upon chances upon chances, because she's constantly putting herself as this heroine of yeah. of you know everybody, mm-hmm. and that really sticks in it, it sticks in my craw. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about that is you talked about this before. I think mm-hmm. like a week or two ago, you were talking about how much you don't like June. And I'm kind of, I was thinking about it then and like wanted to say this, but like, I think it's because we're used to and we're, we're kind of socialized growing up in the media with these very one dimensional female characters Mm -hmm. where you, this is the woman, she's either nice or she's not. She's either a homemaker or she's a working woman. She's either, you know, Mm -hmm. binaries, right? And when we actually see a complex woman on screen that makes mistakes, is sometimes egocentric, is sometimes super selfish, is sometimes just wanting her child, you know, and like we see these aspects of a mother and yet also like 
somebody that's in love with somebody that's not her husband, and like all these things that are happening, I think sometimes it's harder to like them because we see ourselves in those women. I'm not saying they are anything like June, but I'm just <laughs> saying that like we we sometimes just want like a very cookie cutter character, and she's not. And like if that's one like like applause I can give the show mm-hmm. is that she or even is just complex. Sorry, like even no. just that she isn't likable. Like, because I don't think she yeah. is portrayed as super likable. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the point, that's true. is that yeah. she's not supposed to be likable. And so the fact that, like, they're willing to, like, run, run a show character. with someone that's not likable. That's a woman. Is, is, yeah, exactly. That yeah. is a woman that's unlikable is interesting. And I'm like, yeah. I think it's, like... I like like yeah. I think that there's a lot to unpack with the fact that like she, there's a lot of whiteness there that yeah. needs to yeah. be unpacked. But, but that's where I'm stuck. I'm, yeah. Not, yeah, 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 I'm not stuck on you know the complexity of the character. Yeah. I'm stuck on her her privilege. Like her right? white savior. Right? Kind yeah, of. The white it is. It's it a is. very it Eurocentric white woman who's come in to save you know the 52 children mm. to save and and the way she does it, I find really disingenuous because it's very egocentric. Right, I don't. I don't find her to be unlikable because she's complex. I find her unlikable because she's unlikable and she's very, very <laughs> self-centered. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you why. The Wait, self-centered. she's doing it for her baby. Well, yeah, I think well, she's a phenomenal actress. I uh, think. Yeah. Her, nothing, it's, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. it's not about the woman. No, yeah, it's I know. The character. It's the character. The character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so the, the whole, the, the whole, the whole thing around. Um, I've just lost my bloody train train of thought. I know it's all good. This is good. This is good. Yeah, but I think I think to go a little forward, and to go to the finale. Have you seen that? Why are we going to the finale? Yeah, no, no, we gotta stay with this one. We gotta stay with this one. No, no, no. But like, sorry. What I'm trying to say is, I actually don't find her. Like she might be doing things for self selfish reasons, but the things that she's doing are not at all selfish. No, I don't think. No, I don't think. I don't think the things she's doing are selfish. I think that sometimes, because she's the only one we see, right? Like we watch you watch the show through June's eyes. Like mm-hmm. we don't see. Like we very like sometimes it'll go to like Fred and Serena. Like sometimes you'll see Serena's perspective. Sometimes you'll see Luke if they're in Toronto. But like. The story is mainly told through June's eyes, yeah. and so you only see her perspective. Her lens, yeah. And so I think that what that like scene that we were just talking about in this episode portrayed is just that like I think she is often portrayed or un- is portrayed to be under the impression that she's the only one that cares, like that this uh, is going on, yes, like yeah. mm-hmm. she's the only one that like is this is fucked, and it's like everyone else is just like. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. like, where she's the one that cares, and it's like, no, I think there's other people that care. We're just not we seeing see them. Yeah. See, but I had an issue in, with I'm, that conversation. Oh, I, I, I had an issue with the way that those two Black Marthas were portrayed. Yeah. I have an issue with the portrayal yeah. of the characters. Yeah. And it was just like we had a conversation about the other two Black women. Very few Black women that are in the show is that they're portrayed in this like aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah deviant way yes mm-hmm. and those two Marthas were like portrayed in that way where it was yeah, like you're angry. getting in our way yeah, yeah I'm angry and then black women. and then subconsciously I have to tell myself yeah. like no the like yeah. I don't know yeah June's I, also I, an interesting character in that she has like a black best friend and a black partner but they still chose the white woman to play June yeah. like neither of those characters yeah. were like the like 
Yeah. Like, I just, like, yeah. I, I'm, my, I'm so confused my, my thing, and the point I, I, I was trying to make was that she she does things, and, and there are many times in the show that she's she's done things because she has this myopic singular view, mm-hmm. and then the consequences are other people die. Mm-hmm. And there have been several times in the show that yeah. she's been called out on it, right? You are so selfish that you put your own, just like the previous episode, the black man and his wife and the, their mixed race son, and then he gets put on the wall, the black guy who was trying to save her, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He gets put, put yeah. on the wall. Yeah. His wife has now become a handmaid, and the, and their son is because of her selfishness. They didn't ask for any of this. So June goes through episode after episode. She's like in their house or something. Right. Oh, she right. Goes right. Yeah. She, yeah. Goes, she goes through episode upon episode, and it's all about what she wants at the expense of everybody else. How many people have died because of her singular, yes, I'm doing the right thing? So yeah, at the end of the day, things happen, yeah. right? Children are rescued and whatever. But at the end, at whose expense? Girlfriend is never the one who is a recipient of the punishment. Ever. Not true. Remember the burning of the hand when she, because she was pregnant and everybody else got punished, oh, but yeah. because she was pregnant, nothing happened to her. But she was the one that had the balls and is going to say there, you know, she do has done. She's been punished a lot. This is like yeah. a, like Especially in this structural. This is a structural yeah. thing. Like, this is her it's existing not her. thing. Yes. Oh, I get it. I get it. But it's I, I think, well, I think she's been thing. punished, though, too. She's okay. been tortured a lot. Yes. Like, she sat in that hospital room for a long time. Yeah, but who's dead? <laughs> who's dead? Oh, I know. There we go. I totally get it. But I think it's more like whoever's directing the show That woman also got another woman killed. Right. Yes, that's yeah, true. so like, yeah, she died because she went. Anyway, we'll go to the next thing in this episode yeah. because we're talking about other episodes. Um, the next thing that happened was actually super interesting, and I kind of labeled it like Freedom of the Open Road because it was the Waterfords in their own car mm. going towards um, to meet with Mark Twello, which is the American that was helping uh, Serena uh, have Nicole again. And they took their own car, and uh, Fred let Serena drive. I thought that they were going to get in an accident, and I was praying that to happen. I'm just saying. Oh, I actually did not. I thought that she was going to get in an accident, and I was like, this is it. This is the moment I've been waiting for. Women can drive. (laughs) (laughs) They can. Not supposed to. However... Serena should not be. Yeah. But like, it's not allowed yeah, here, yeah. like in this world. world. No, yeah. In this Gilead yes, world. And the smile that she has when mm-hmm. she's driving, mm-hmm. you could see. Like, you could mm-hmm. actually, like, great actress. Oh, you I, could mm-hmm. see the freedom in yeah. her face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, Serena's actually one of my favorite characters. Not because she's no, a good person. I hate no, her. I hate her as well, but I think she's so complex yes. and I love the actress that plays yeah. her. Yes. I hate her as a as a as the character. character. Yeah. But she's one of my favorite characters to watch. Yeah. Because Same she's here. so well written and complex. Yeah. She is very well written. And yes. I just think that yeah, the actress that plays her like Phenomenal. brings a depth to her. Yeah. And I think that like in like she could just be so flat, but she's not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I she's agree. one of my favorite characters to watch. Same here. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I like and, the and I'm the opposite on you because oh. I find Serena very selfish. Oh, Especially I, in this season. Oh, she, everything she, she did was about her. herself. Yeah. Herself, <laughs> herself. Get out of here. But she, I think she knows That's why it. she got anyway, But Serena's very like, Serena knows she is selfish. Serena yeah. is like, 
I'm out here trying to make my life good. Yeah. <laughs> All she wants yeah. is what she wants. Yeah. 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 She's not going to get. No. She wants yeah. Nicole and she won't get her. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Holly, actually. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, June said that too. <laughs> I know, but I don't know why June did that. Anyway, I know. She told you. It was to honor her, but yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. But like that woman needs no honoring. No, she doesn't. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, but that's I why I like. It's so interesting. <laughs> like she's <sighs> so. Because there are moments like when her and June were getting like closer, and there was that. I was like. But then after. I know. I I I. She's. I, but it's good. Do you know, Any do you know, women complex characters on television. Is yeah, good. I, I. So I'm here for that, and and I just want to go back. My my resistance to June is not because of her complexity. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not good. We're still going there. Because yeah, but 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 my my. Because we like Serena, but we don't. Not but I, I no, I res, I respect her the character of yeah. Serena because she doesn't really hide, you know, her agenda. Right, yeah. her she is True. the beneficiary of everything. Yeah. yeah. And when when you know she she's suffering from why did you stop me writing? Yeah. You know I want my daughter and yeah. all of that stuff. You know what what her agenda is. Yeah. She had she makes no bones of it, and that that scene. Um, that's the, the next. That's the next one. So uh, in the next scene, they have actually arrived at their pit stop, which is like this house that they're going to spend for the night. And uh, they're having a conversation outside, like after dinner or whatever. Oh, yes. And it was quite interesting. So they actually used the word, they were talking about when Fred and Serena used to live in an apartment together. I wrote this exactly and now. Are you <laughs> going to say the fat folk? Fat, fatten me up? Yes. And so they lived over a bakery, and Fred used to bring Serena. Chocolate croissants. Yeah, chocolate croissants. <laughs> and then she said things. you were trying to fatten me up, and his response was, "Yeah, because I didn't want any other men good. looking at you." Yeah. And so my, what I got out of this was obviously fat phobia, which is interesting because I didn't know we were going to have that discussion yes. earlier. Um, but it's interesting because I know I feel like it is supposed to be a part of his misogynistic character that they're trying to portray. Mm, I didn't. But say another that. way is like, no, it's but not. you're no. still. I think that's so normative. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. I that that like I was trying to I was trying to give like the writers a bit of no, like a chance here. Yeah. But I, I was thinking it's... like if it was a part of their character of him, but then it creates like it's perpetuating fat phobia yeah. regardless. I honestly can yeah. picture yeah. Luke saying the same thing in the yeah. show. I think it's oh, so normative. It's so yeah. normative. Yeah. Yeah. I I get what you mean. Like yeah. I get that like is this like trying to be like oh like wow this guy sucks more? Yeah. But I'm like no, I actually no. just think that it's That's so their right. this, this because guy is this you know guy. what I didn't even the first time I watched it I didn't even know I didn't even mm-hmm. pay attention to that I thought it was just so normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I watched it again I was like holy fuck yeah that mm-hmm. is fat phobic yeah it's mm-hmm. super fat phobic mm-hmm. and like and then talking about them leaning and that they would resent them and things for that mm-hmm. anyway the next conversation that they had was her writing, what Naka was just talking about, and how she said, how could you take that away from me? And then his response was really interesting because I think that's the whole thing that we're missing here. Not that we're missing, but that's being missed is his response was, Serena, I didn't know how much this would cost you. Mm. And it's all about like Uh. her. Like I don't care what it costs you Uh, and you and you, yes, all the other women, Mm -hmm. but what it costs her, he's like, you, like, you felt it. Like, mm-hmm. I actually didn't know what this would cost mm-hmm. you. And so I found that. But how could you not? I know. Well, yeah. How could well, you not? Your, so I even, I saw, 
I think it was just like literally a post on Facebook the other day. Yeah. About how a big red flag or a warning sign when you're dating a new person, especially somebody like that's male or masculine, um, identified, and they're like, oh, I, I really like you so much, you're not like other women. And it's like, oh, so you're saying you don't like women. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the exception. Yeah. I'm the exception to you hating oh, women. Oh, wow. I've never, me neither. No, neither had I. And I saw someone wrote that, and I was like, that is what Whoa. they're saying. They're saying, I don't like women, but I like you because you're not conforming to what femininity yes. usually is. Yes, profound. And oh, so, Amanda. Uh, Amanda. <laughs> and so I just think that that's so, like, again, normative when we see characters and males per- like portrayed in this way that they're like they're awful to women except for the one woman that they've deemed yeah. worthy yeah. of their uh, like approval yeah. 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 yeah which is Janet? interesting because like of Haley steinfeld's most girls have you heard the song mm. most girls and like it starts yeah. off yeah. with him saying you're not like most yeah. girls mm. and then she sings about how most girls are beautiful and yeah. strong and all these things yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Janet? interesting what thoughts about that scene i got yeah. something different from it i guess there were two comments one that he was saying he would kind of have to follow her around so he would be less than her yeah was a big issue for him mm. so that was, that something, was the resentment yeah there. that yeah. was the resentment and then he also made a comment about her finding someone and having children with them so he yeah. knows he's not fertile yeah he knows yeah. He can't yeah. Have yeah children they so looked like, at oh, each other yeah. in that moment that's yeah. interesting yeah. so yeah i don't think she knew he knew until yeah. that moment yeah yeah, yeah i agree yeah. um and then yeah. we can, I don't know if you guys need to talk about it, but like their little intimate moment in bed, I don't know if it has um, much. Skip. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I like, thought that that was a little bit interesting because I thought it was like the first time where you were able, she took control yeah. and she was able to have sex for pleasure for herself rather than yeah. just to potentially procreate. But like, we haven't got to the end yet, but was it manipulating? I think so. Oh, Strategically, yeah, strategic yes. sex. I think yes. strategic sex, but still pleasurable. But also pleasurable. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly think that's why I like her so much. She's strategic. Yes. She is so strategic, Everything. and I admire that. Not in the way she's done it, yeah. but I admire a strategic lady. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. I don't. I don't think we see that. them in media. I don't think no. we see strategic. No. And I think if we do, we're, and like I think that's what we have seen in the show too. Is that when we do, they're a bitch, and that she is. Like yeah. that's like, and it's like, Ugh, and yeah. so I think that's like, I think that show falls into this, but I think we don't see strategic women, except yeah. scandal. True. Yeah, I haven't watched that. I need to um, watch it. <clears throat> so the next scene <clears throat> is where June goes uh, to the hotel again with the Jezebel, mm-hmm. and and uh, Commander uh, Lawrence has driven her there. Commander Lawrence has driven her there. He stays outside. Mm-hmm. He stays outside. I have a question about that. Yeah. Did he know what she was going to do? No. She didn't know what she was going to do. Yeah. I don't think she. I right. I think she I, didn't well, know. It just seemed like it seemed like he knew when he, she no, got back. No, no, no. no, no, no. They just they the knew. He knew that she was going to talk to Billy. Talk yeah. to Billy. That was okay. I know. I knew that, but I wasn't. Yeah. And so while she's talking to Billy, there's something happening in the corner of the screen. With that guy, the woman, and then the two. Yeah, and like them undressing her mm-hmm. and seeing and you can hear what he's saying and it's tell me like let me see what you look like let me whatever and he's inspecting her yeah it mm-hmm. is this inspection mm-hmm. of this woman mm-hmm. and she's just kind of like standing sitting there for it mm-hmm. and then he takes her and it's what, what? very yeah gross. That's, to me, very, to me. that's very David Crohn's ask. 
This went beyond it. I no, feel. no, no. What I f- I felt that she was somehow drugged because there oh, was yes, there she was, was a, corrupt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think most. I think, most of I think they said that in the first season, like yeah. when yeah. June, what's June's best friend's name, Moira. Thank you. Yeah, when Moira, she was working there, and they were like, I think that was alluded to then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that was interesting, and then we kind of see Commander. Winslow come and approach June after she talks to Billy about getting the plane for the 52 kids. As she's trying to leave and go back to Commander Lawrence in the car, Commander Winslow, who, if you haven't seen a previous episode, Mm -hmm. is one of the high commanders from Washington. Washington. And this is where I'm just going to like sneak in a little thing from another episode. (laughs) Because if you've gotten here, I'm sure you've seen the one before it. But when they go to Washington, the handmaids are wearing coverings over their mouths. Their mouths. Mm-hmm. And in the first, like, I don't know, couple of scenes, few minutes, you don't actually know why. You think it's just to silence them, whatever. And then when June is in the bedroom with yes. another handmaid. handmaid, that handmaid takes off the covering, and their mouths are actually, like, so stitched. stitched. Yeah, but it's metal. It's like, it's a yeah. metal. It's, yeah. like, stapled. Yeah. yeah. Rings. Rings, oh, rings. Shut. And, like, I, I, this episode is the one that I've cried the most at, the, like, the one that I'm talking about now. Um, I was so, oh, I'm, like, getting choked up. Like, I was so horrified by the silencing of women. Mm-hmm. And literally, then, yeah. Like, literally, yeah. yeah. And when June talks to the, uh, who's the aunt? Lydia. Aunt Lydia. Aunt Lydia. Yeah during the episode, like near to the end, and she said like, do you want, do you want us to be silenced? Do you want us to look like that? Mm-hmm. Anyway, this man, <clears throat> Commander Winslow, is the one that is like in charge of all of that. He's a so he comes up to, chick. yeah. He so plays he that com- character very well though, because yeah. <laughs> you hate him you yeah. so much. So he comes up to June in the hotel and makes her go upstairs with him. He then sits her on the bed and while Before you get to that, before yeah. you get to that, there was something uh, that June said about you men. Yeah, I loved that line. What was it? What did she say? Because she said, like, he he caught her while she was in the bar. And so she had to, like, on the spot come oh, up with yeah. the lies oh, to why yes. she was there. And he said, well, where's Commander Lawrence? And she said, he likes... When he I likes here, for me to come here and tell him what happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very strategic. But then, yeah, very strategic on her part. But then... And then he has some sort of remark, and she says, "Well, yeah, you men all have your all have your quirks, your kinks, kinks, kinks or quirks, yeah, whatever." Yes, I don't know the word she used though. Yeah, kinks. Yeah, yeah. And then so, that line I thought was really yeah pointed. Yeah, the reason why that line got me was it actually spoke to the hypocrisy of these men. Yeah. Who, on the one hand, are trying to portray this puritanical puritanical um, lifestyle and they are godly etc and yet even that commander Winslow the first time he was introduced in the show did anyone notice the sort of physical intimacy and the contact he was making with um, Fred Waterford yes I, I, yes. Noticed, that. Yeah. I yeah. noticed that too right? times. There this was, is another episode especially yeah. when they were, they were playing pool yes mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a sort of a, a sexual yes. overture and he yeah. had multiple children of him and his his wife, uh, Winslow and well, his wife had like yeah, well, like the handmaids. Uh, the handmaid, but it, it, I'm sure it, he impregnated the women, right? Yes, 
his right, kids so, with the handmaid right, potentially. Right. So, so there was there were there were diverse because yeah. there was a, a, a black child. There was a sort of mm-hmm. mixed Asian. Mm-hmm. So he had this plethora of children, and it it sort of spoke to this man who had libido up his ass. He mm-hmm. was so he was so um, prolific, and and it sort of crossed boundaries. And as I was and it again was exemplified by the violence with which he tried to attack uh, June. Yeah. And what it what it reminded me of is when you look at American politics right now, and you you see the men who are anti-abortion, all of these men in the legislature who are trying to restrict women's access to abortions. All of these men have mistresses. Mm-hmm. When their mistresses get pregnant, they will, you know, drive, pay the money for the. Yeah. But into the outside world, they're full of godliness, yeah. and so that that was a real, um, really, really clever telling point for me about yeah. depravity and how men will shift the narrative in order to make themselves look a particular way, whereas behind the scenes they are mm-hmm. actually yeah. disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one very quickly one interesting thing that you just said is I know Just one. Yeah. <laughs> I know the um, example that you're talking about where they're playing pool and Commander uh, Winslow touches Fred. Um, and it's interesting because the way he touches him, it's like it probably lingers a bit too long mm-hmm. and whatever. And yet it's just two men touching and our first thing is, yeah. oh, he must be gay. And because we do not see intimacy yeah. with men in the media, yeah, we that talk about this really. yeah. is not, you know, like it's so, mm-hmm. it's so absent from representation that's so true. Yeah. that that's as true. soon as it comes, and like they even use it as a toy for themselves mm-hmm. because they know that, that there only needs to be one touch mm-hmm. and like a lingering mm-hmm. look for them to then get a, mm-hmm. this idea. Right, yeah. yeah, but anyway, so we'll go into the next scene mm-hmm. where they're up in the bedroom and the hotel room. And as uh, the commander is giving June directions, you hear the internal narrative mm-hmm. of that June. That was profound. And I so, loved that. That was so powerful. These are the things that powerful. she's saying. Um, as she's telling her to like. Take off. Yeah, take off her clothes. Like give her directions of whatever. Mm-hmm. She's saying, I've done this before. I can do it again. Mm-hmm. Just like all the other times. Treat it like a job. You steal yourself. You pretend not to be present. One detaches oneself. One distracts. I'm not me. I'm not my flesh. Mm-hmm. I'm not here. Mm-hmm. And these are all the things that she's mm-hmm. telling herself to be able to survive. Freeze. Like yes, to be able to, you know, lie there and Get take through. this. Get yeah. The right. And so this reminded me of another quote from a show called The Fall. I don't know if anyone's seen it. Jillian Anderson, Jamie Dornan, and they have a very, very good, anyway, we should actually do that as one of our podcast things, because it's all about sexual (laughs) assault, Um, but anyway, the quote from her is, men always think in terms of fight or flight, in fact, the most common instinct in the face of this kind of threat is to freeze, if she didn't fight, if she didn't scream, if she was silent and numb, it's because she was petrified. If she went with him quickly, it's because she was afraid of her life. And not just of her life, yours and the baby's. That's obviously, like, what's happening in the show. In that state of fear, she might well have been compliant. She might well have submitted. But that does not mean she consented. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think it was, anyway, an interesting quote to kind of follow up this scene that Mm -hmm. happened. 
And it actually, just to bring back to the work that we do, it reflects yeah. a lot of the statements oh, yeah. we heard, we hear from other survivors as to the reason why, in the moment, they they don't yeah. react because you're you're literally petrified. Is that you're yeah. so scared in in at the act and at the fear of what's going to happen that you cannot physically move. You're trying to survive. Yeah. yeah. I also thought it was really well done, just in terms of the show, like yeah. how. Um, Calm her inner dialogue was that you were hearing as a voiceover for them mm-hmm. what is going to yeah. happen next. Like, yeah. it was so, like, it intensely, like, profound, like, to have that lead into that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it was really well done. Was yeah. There was also in one of our initiatives, we looked at a Me Too quote, and it talks about this. And it talks about, uh, like June said, just like all the other times. And the Me Too quote was something about, like, when I first heard about Me Too, sure, I want to say Me Too, but which time? Which time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah. I think it's this idea that's very true that happens to so many mm-hmm. women, mm-hmm. is that this isn't just a one-time no. experience. No, no, no. This happens no. a lot. Uh, anyway, that was a very moving... That whole uh, scene yeah. is the reason that we actually picked this episode to talk about on uh, the podcast. Um. So after that happens, she actually kicks resists. him. Yeah, she resists physically, and she punches him, and they start like a physical altercation. Uh, and like the violence that he reacted with, mm-hmm. with just like a punch for, or sorry, a kick from her, was unbelievable. Like first of all, he strangled her, mm-hmm. yeah, and then he punched her, and then he punched her. Yeah, he smashed her head on the floor as well. He smashed yeah, her head. Yeah, he did that as well. Yeah. Um, and then when she is about to, because she gets, like, the up on him, when she's about to hit him with, like, a statue of some mm-hmm. sort, he says, my children. My, my children. Oh, exactly. yeah. That's then, after like, she stabbed him a few times with, with a pen. pen. With a pen. I is that what that was? Yeah, it was a pen. pen. I was like, holy I shit. I loved that. That yeah. happened in one of my favorite, like, one of my, like, I love horror movies, and there was a horror movie with Rachel McAdams, and she did that to somebody, too, on oh, a yeah. plane. Because she was, yeah. like, trying to, like, she was being attacked on a plane, and, like, you don't have weapons. Yeah. And she used a pen as well, and I was like, oh, the resourcefulness of women. Yeah, like, so true. But also, like, yeah. a strength. Yes. Like, this no. is not yeah. something. But she but, like, fucking. That was all she was angry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Only that, that was, like, all the anger that was built up. Sorry, just yeah. the adrenaline as oh, well. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, you want to get out of yeah. that situation, she's willing to mm, jab it in there. That she was did. actually, like, a plot line, though. Like, it was a plot line. Or and he wasn't like moving. No, it's okay. Like, it was a. I know it was a really big thing when they were shooting Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like when that show was on, but also then I've heard it for a couple other action movies that specifically feature female leads, is that they've oftentimes, like the directors or the creators will try to have the female leads be resourceful in that way when fighting, because oftentimes the like narrative about women is that they're like less strong physically, and it's like, well, so what? Like even if they are smaller, uh, even if they are... You can use we'll find her. something. Yeah. Like we will find yeah. something to still beat you. Yeah. And so, we, like, and just I like, really liked that this had that too. Like, because it was literally like that. Zach commented that too. He was like, what? like he literally said, "What you did, Nicole?" He was like, "What? Yeah. What is she using?" And no, I, like, I, I still had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know it was a pen. And, it, it, yeah. and it's not just the fact of a pen because you could stab somebody in the arm and nothing will happen. Or right in the but heart. it's about well, it's puncturing oh, lungs, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could hear him wheezing. Yeah. yeah. So you you could tell that some mm-hmm. some organ had been punctured and he was bleeding into it. 
and the fact that she kept stabbing, mm-hmm. right? And then when I loved that, yeah. I, well, yeah, I you yeah. didn't like it. No, I I was here for it. I was. Okay. I was. I, was I, I mean, I'm not condoning murder. I was. Oh, I just mean I don't love it in terms of I don't love stabbing. Yes. I just loved that scene, yeah. and I loved that she kept going because that's literally again watching horror movies. They never keep going. It's like one step and then they run. I'm like, no, kill them. Yeah. He's so trying he's to kill go. you. Yeah. And Zach said that too. Literally was like, oh, she's going to leave now. Like when she got up and I was like, she can't leave him no, alive. He's no. And like literally Zach was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, if she leaves him alive, she's dead. She yeah. has to yeah. kill him. Yeah. My life she has to. Yeah. 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 She was also like ready to break. Yeah. Because I like the rest of the season, she was just like getting to this point and then I think it was the one before where she'd seen the silenced handmaids in the, you know, Washington. And he is like the proponent for it. Yeah. Right? And so like I'm so it made up a, like the littlest bit for it. Oh yeah, it did for me. A lot. And then the next thing that was really interesting was uh, uh, Martha came in to clean up housekeeping. Okay, I just wanna say Yeah. Sorry. I just want to say of all the 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 season, all the seasons that I watched, and all that really got me. The camaraderie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that whole and it seems sort of innocuous mm-hmm. because knock on the door, housekeeping, housekeeping, click click click. I know I was so nervous because I wasn't sure what to expect. Yep. And June is on the floor in shock. Yeah. yeah. With blood everywhere. With blood everywhere, and it was just a dead commander. <laughs> and Mr. Commander is dead, bleeding out, and it was just. No questions asked, yeah. mm-hmm. and she just went into action. And it wasn't just her; there was this network, sisterhood, yeah. Yeah, this I sisterhood of women, that. and it was silent. And Kate Bush was playing in the background, and I love Kate Bush. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Uh, yeah, neither. It's Kate Bush running in the end. Oh okay. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 that scene, I could watch that over and over again yeah, because same. it was this very orderly. Yeah. I no, no, it was no questions asked. brilliant. Yeah, like literally and they wrapped him up thought. and then put him in the incinerator, vacuumed the floor. Yeah. And the best part was when they, they she was setting the glasses, the tumblers, mm-hmm. and she put the flowers and then they put the, the sheets and the. And I thought. They must have done this before. Well, that's yeah. the point. Yeah. That's where yes. I was going to get. That's where. I, and yeah. I was thinking to myself. That was too well orchestrated. Yeah, exactly. So how many fucking commanders have gone missing? They've yeah. done. They've done it before. Yeah. If there are, we the don't know about them. But because, we will. Because the handmaids. Because the handmaids. Or I they were coordinators. So I thought that too. I also thought that they might have been instructed to do it for the handmaids. I wondered how many women had died, and the martyrs had been instructed to clean it up. Oh. oh, because actually you're right. That's because when when she came I know, out, I, like, yeah. you're right. You're right, Amanda. Because when when June came out of the room, yeah. the handmaid had given her yeah. given yeah. her the, the key, elevator, yeah, the, the elevator key, key, and she came out blooded, yeah, bloody, blooded, bloody, and with shoes, limping, limping, yes. And then the the couple oh, right. walked past, yeah. walked right past, her. Look. didn't even flinch, didn't even look, yeah. Yeah. That's you're right. Oh it's my about, God, it's not, about it's not about yeah. murdered commanders. It's about I murdered women. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. yeah. That's nope. so horrible. Kind of. Next. Next. I think level. it could be both. Like I think it could. I think be. No, I think you're right. But like I, because I do, because I think that, I think, because I do think I had the exact same thought that you did, Nega. I love. Again, 
this is just like speaks to like the lack of representation that you see in me like in the media i love when you see in the media women coming together mm-hmm. yeah. i think we're so often as Pitted. women as like like female identified folks pitted against each other mm-hmm. yep. it is always that you're opposing it is always that you're fighting and the fact that like there was this camaraderie and this like we don't even have to know the whole story. And what she had said to but, her, too. Yeah, but, like, we're here for you. Yeah. Oh, because she knew her. Because she knew her. Not that oh, she yeah, knew her. Saved she me. saved me. She saved, yeah. me. Yeah. She saved her from the, the cages. Yeah. Okay. Remember so, she had to pick five people? Yeah. She was one of the five. Oh, that's what she meant. That's okay, what she okay. meant. Yeah. That's what she yeah. meant. Yeah. What but Sorry. No, no, no. Just even like I just think that like because there was other women that eventually like other Marthas that did help too, and yeah. I think that just the fact that it's like you see these women coming together and helping one another. So I do think like what you said, Nicole and Nicole, like about the idea that it could have been other commanders. I, I do think so it could have sure. because sure. I think the way that they worked together was like mm-hmm. we're gonna protect. We don't care. We're protecting one another. But my first instinct was, oh gosh, how many women have died? Because when you saw her, that was my yeah. thought. Because yes. when you saw her walking down the hall yeah, and, yeah. and you realized I didn't she even was think so of that. scared that people were going to see her and then she realized no one cares no, no one cares who I am you're I so right through. Amanda yeah. I didn't I even think of that I would think more so that it would have been one of the Jezebels or maybe Jezebels oh, that's that were I mean. done yeah, that's what I mean. yeah. not handmaids because they're Sorry, they're yes. valued yeah, yeah. No, right? but so like, they uh, go yeah. missing no I just meant the women and, working handmaids there. are not supposed to be a Jezebel they know that they end up there because the husbands bring them no I just meant like in general the Jezebel like the women working there yeah 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 yeah, because I think if there was a lot of commanders going missing, there would be like an uproar. Yeah, yeah. And there would Where be an investigation. Yes. Yeah. That would be a great way to get rid of them, though. We could uh, create an operation. And one thing that I also loved about uh, their interaction, like June's interaction with the Marthas, and it also happens with, uh, like, later on as well, is the Marthas and June, as well as, like, the I guess the resistance. Yeah says Godspeed to each other instead yeah. of like the, the same. They're, what yeah. they're supposed to say, like what they're directed to say. Yeah. They've made up like their own language. Their own code. Is that what that is? I have no idea. Godspeed. Yeah, it's Godspeed. like, God, God be with you. Yeah. I oh, thought that it was stuff. like part of the language no. that they're supposed to be using and I'm like, why the fuck are they still no, saying that? Like, they never blessed, say. blessed be the fruit. Blessed be yeah. the fruit. Okay. May the Lord open. May, May the Lord open. Praise be. I'm learning so many things. I missed a bunch of shit in well, this is why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, Godspeed is like something that people say. Yeah. Like, like oh, each other. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah. that. Okay. Um, I love it so much more it's now. It's their own like code of silence. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. So I just I. love women coming together. Like, my gosh, we need more shows where it's like, there is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, yeah. not this like, sister that eventually falls apart because women can never like always fight. It's like, no. Like, like I don't have to know you. Yeah. Like if a woman walks in here and says, "I was just sexually assaulted," we're all there. Yeah. Like we're showing up. And they we are. Yeah. That's the word. That's how I felt about the end of season two. Like nobody really yes. knew June, mm-hmm. but yes. yet everybody there was a Martha at each place yeah. to yeah. guide through. And I was That's like, "Oh, that, that that was a lot of yeah. hard work and a, a lot, lot of, of and yeah, even like I, even the like the sister that showed in the show between the handmaids, like when they're like. When you do see them like delivering the babies, mm. and then like afterwards, they're so like work like they care about mm. each the handmaid. Hand yeah. I do think there's been moments in the show where it's like, oh, you can tell they like they, they like rise above anything that is there. And I think that's the thing is that you don't see those representations of like women rising above whatever drama there might be. Because like there's definitely been moments where like June hasn't liked another handmaid, but then like she's going through something, and it's like, oh, that's more important. 
like what you're going through is more important. I don't care if I like you personally. Yeah. You're being oppressed in the same way I am, so I'm going to show up for you. Yeah. And I don't think we see that often. No. Because it's true, even um, with her and Serena and that weird dynamic. Yeah. um, There were times like, yeah, let the bitch burn in the fire, but she didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's back. more with the white women though. Because oh, okay. I saw a different we were talking I about didn't. this before. That was totally suicide and she was like, No. Okay, let's get out of here. Because Serena was wanting to die at that point. Wait, she can wanted you to die. give context to what you're Oh saying? no, the when when the house fire Serena poured the alcohol yeah, and started the, the fire bed. on okay. the bed. Okay, okay. And then June sensed that there's a fire, that something's yeah. going on and she went out and took her by the hand and took her out. Yes. She but shit, she didn't have to general. do that. Be like, oh, I just mean in general. I mean in general, she's she reacts that way to white women, and then to the very few black women that are in the show, she reacts very friend. differently. Yeah, except, except, her, best friend. Friend. except yeah. for her best friend. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. No, you disagree. <laughs> no, I, I. I just think she's there for all women, and I, I guess because I sat yesterday and watched the entire season through so maybe I yeah I have a different lens on it she's a protector she's willing to go in and say when Aunt Lydia was beating Janine yeah Yeah. like no like stop yeah no no more and it was like oh that girl's so vulnerable and she's willing to just like yeah. Hit me instead, then. Yeah. She puts her life in front of everybody. Oh, oh yeah, but then when there was the time where um, Martha Francis, the black Martha that was... Taking care of her child, taking, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No? No. Sorry. No, yeah, I'm sorry, I got the wrong... Not the Martha, but um, of Matthew, the black handmaid. Yeah. yeah. Where she made it about a shaming thing. She, she shamed of Matthew. Yeah. So it wasn't about her anymore, but then she was like, you're going to come in this center, and I'm going to make everybody shame you. But that woman made another woman die. True. Like that woman she went did. and snitched. She did. And I think, I think the thing about camaraderie and the thing about women coming together is you need to trust every single woman in that. But room. then maybe yeah. it's the portrayal then, because I, it's, I, like the, it's I the black women that are or in I, I, I don't even think it's the portrayal. I think it's the casting. The casting. I casted the roles of the women that are like not as likable yes. as black women. Yes, that's so I don't what think I'm... it's the show's characters. I think it's the casting of because that character should yeah. have been shamed. Yeah, exactly. But for sure, yeah, she shouldn't have been cast as a yeah. black woman since all the black women. Yeah, are yeah, yeah. yeah it's like... the ca- uh, yeah. But then it's yeah. so hard not to feel that way about the character. Right, I yeah. portrayed yeah. that way. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I think the show is casting. It's definitely the body casting. In Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I mean. I think it's interesting that like Moira and Luke were cast as black folks, but like yet the the June who is supposed to be like the savior in the show is a white, is a white woman. woman. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's very interesting that, that, that you've that like you've yes. never like black adjacent exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So so, so but this, she's still white. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so there's this thing about um, again about white women and their fetishization of black men. So he's, he's Luke is this tall, good-looking, light-skinned brother, mm-hmm. um, and and his wife, not to go there, is this black woman. So he leaves his black wife right. for a white woman, and the black wife is angry. I so forgot the, about that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't forget about one, that. Yeah. Is this season one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, whatever. Two, whatever yeah, it was. But, like, but, the the, past, yeah. but the reality is that it's this centralization of white women bodies and white women as this sort of uh, the the prize the black men want and the best friend the black women want fuck that yeah yeah just saying 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. There just needs to be, like, they need to do casting differently because yes. if there wasn't any black people in it, then people would scream about I mean, there isn't. But, but like, the few black people that they to be do casted have in differently. it need to be cast And I think that's the thing is I think, I don't know if this is too far away, but I feel like in some ways the show can sometimes feel, I don't think it is, but I think they kind of portray the show sometimes as being, like, above race because the idea that like they're so desperate for children, it doesn't matter if they're black or if they're Asian or if they're any race because we just need children. Like it doesn't matter what race or nationality the handmaids are because we need children. Yeah. And so in a lot of ways they're like, well we don't have to talk about race in this show. We're talking about gender. And like the uh, fact that like, so yeah. like as the mm. show we're talking about gender yeah. because we're talking about fertility and so it's all women. We need all women and race doesn't matter anymore because it's just about who's fertile. But mm. you know what? That that would be true. That would be true had there not been the scene where Aunt Lydia was seated in a in a circle with two other aunts and they had. Do you remember the scene yeah. where they yeah. were drinking? Yeah. And somebody had, they were sort of determining which handmaid to yes, put into so which handmaid. Oh, yes. yeah. And then somebody suggested a black handmaid. Yeah. And then Aunt Lydia said he, uh, th- he doesn't want. Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't think that, like, I still think it's in the show. I just think that sometimes it doesn't take a critical race lens. Yeah. Because I think it. There's no intersectional lens. Yeah. There, there is. Yeah. And, and, I think, and I think it part of the reason why is because they've relied so heavily on this idea of, like, fertility. And that then becomes a gender issue. But that's but like I think that like I think totally. that it, it's leaned on that as opposed to being truly intersectional. Right. But my, right. and that and that's where my critique of mm-hmm. this is, is because if you look at the suffrage movement, if you look at the women's rights, women's uh, activism, there was a point, even if you look at the United States, there was a point where the Susan B. Anthony's of the world were fighting sort of side by side with black mm-hmm. um, uh, liberation. And how quickly white women, Susan B. Anthony was, how quickly she, she rose to drop her alliance with the black yeah. rights women. movement, black yeah. women and black rights, in order to make sure that her and white womanhood, they got the vote mm-hmm. and fuck the rest of you. Yeah. So, so I understand what you're saying around that the focus is on, on gender. But that's how the language, the the history always yeah. gets to be told. Oh, I, is that yeah? You know, it's it's yeah. We're all in this together, but at the end of the day, white women. Yeah. What's, oh, what's I agree. What's interesting about that though is I remember being in a social movements class that didn't have quite an intersectional. Although I love the prof, I'm not going to say her name, and they were talking about the vote, and she said, <laughs> "Remember, black men got the vote before white women did. So remember, it's a gender thing." Mm. And we were all like. Okay, and like remember, like Obama got to be president as a black man, before and like Hillary. before any woman has mm. ever stepped close to anything. And so I think there's like this juggling that people do, and like this yeah. race for like oppression or oppression something Olympics, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oppression Olympics. Oppression Olympics. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's interesting. We'll move on to the last thing that happened in the show, which is that the Waterfords got put into a, well actually, it was by Serena and Mark Twello, and Serena had told Fred that they were going to go get Nicole, and so when they saw Mark Twello, Mark Twello got them to follow them, follow him him to, like, up the road, and so Mm -hmm. as they were driving, when they got out of the cars, 
Uh, Mark Trello said, welcome to Canada, bitch. And like, <laughs> everybody came out. You're under arrest. You're under arrest. Yeah. And like, that was one of the sexiest <laughs> moments. <laughs> Mark Trello, we're here for you. I would Are do you that. JC? No. no. Okay. No. Oh, no. He's so pretty. Okay. He's so pretty. But like, what hit? Like, he was so. The fact that Fred Waterford got taken got into God. Canada, yeah, was just like incredible. Mm-hmm. And like, and you find out that Serena gave him up. Yep. So, and that's why I was talking about the whole like sex scene. And if that was like For strategic sure. and like manipulation and like you better do what I need you to do tomorrow so that I get Nicole, which is all of her like selfish. Yeah, I don't know whether it's about you better do. I think that her, the sex scene, um, I just think she felt horny. I think mm-hmm. she she'd driven a car. Right? Uh, She'd driven a car. She was remembering. And that engine just got her uh, going. Got her. <laughs> I, think reality, I think the reality was that she. The freedom, it brought her back. Yeah, to and it brought her. It took her back. Yeah. It took her back to the life, the life that they led before this this new new yeah. space. Girlfriend had an agenda, as she said, right from the beginning. It was all about her daughter, not. Mm-hmm. It was all about the baby, and she was. She'd already determined, and you're going to find this after, she'd already resolved, she'd made deals, she'd brokered uh, an armistice for her, right? And I, I don't think that she was considering him, her husband, right. at, at all. I think no, she was, she's very, it was she's about self, her, it was about the baby, yeah, it was about, it. She, yeah. And which, Oh, I like her. Stra- strategically She's speaking. Like she knows I don't like she her. Wants. I hate her so I much. I do too. I hate her. I like Look, her I too. don't think you she's like a good woman, yeah. but I love the character. Yeah. I just I'm think you, she's so complex. And I think I guess. I just She's so... Serena. Yeah, like she is. She is about what's for her, and she's about getting like this baby. Like she, like that's what she's wanted from the beginning of this show. Well, is she's wanted a baby. But she you know what? Consequences now. Yeah, that's but exactly that, that, like. that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking because <laughs> yeah. up and when it when they were caught, when you know he's reading them the riot act about yeah. crimes against humanity, and you're going to be held. And, yeah. And I I I remember looking at her face because I watched it again yesterday, and actually this morning. Um, I remember looking at her face. <laughs> I think to myself, is this how, is this really how justice happens? And I keep going back to um, Nazi Germany and how these people who were instrumental in setting up the Third Reich and these people who were instrumental in setting up Gilead and the women who were the beneficiaries of this at the expense of other bodies. Yeah. Is this what justice is going to look like? And as she's being handcuffed and, and she's saying, just do whatever they say. And I'm thinking, you think that just doing whatever they say is going to save you? I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know. You didn't know? I didn't I know. I already what was knew that. No, I didn't. She gave them up. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't know, know at first. I, I, I had to ask. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. But I just thought, if 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 you're just going to do whatever they say and then you're going to get away with it, I would not be okay with that. No. No, no, couldn't couldn't I get away. I would not be okay with that because, but then that's the way the world, honestly, and, and this has been a little bit cynical. That's the way the world turns, right? Mm. She's pretty, she's white, she's she looks vulnerable, she's intelligent, so she can fucking manipulate the system. She's so pretty. She will <laughs> manipulate. She's very pretty. She will manipulate. That's my thing. She's not she will, my kind of pretty. She oh, will really? manipulate I think the she's system. She's very pretty. 
she is standard pretty. But the point is, in the, in no, the, I think no, 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 hear me, hear me. In, in the work that we do, and again, looking at whose voice is heard, who gets to get away with shit, it is in, in bodies oh, like yeah, hers. Absolutely. absolutely. Right? She, so if anybody's going to get away with all of this stuff, oh, even her. though she was an architect of all this, even though she was an accomplice to all this, yeah. even though she's, you know, she suppressed and co-opted in the rape of women, of, of other women, mm-hmm. I was so upset by the end of it because I thought, if all it takes is just do what they ask you, and then she's gonna, I, I would not be okay have, with it. Have but you seen you, the finale? I've seen the finale. Okay, 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 cool. You should have seen it coming to her. <laughs> I but didn't. Because all it takes was someone saying, this is what happened to me. How else would she have gotten charged if June didn't talk? Uh, she didn't get. She no. That's not. Are we jumping into the next episode? You are to jumping. Serena. Yeah. Yeah, we're jumping. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, that. Yeah. But that's not how she got charged. <laughs> I think no. Then, then how else did she get charged? We'll talk Wasn't about it that. The, the I think we should. No, I swear it was save that. No. We're at an hour and a half. We're gonna say that. So you need to tune in. <laughs> tune in. You to need to tune in to our next. The next time we're going to yeah. analyze. And we'll yeah. do the finale. And we, we should do that soon. We will do the finale soon. Yeah. So. Okay, that sounds good. So we're gonna check out by giving everybody giving their scores of the mimosa with the simply orange and the tomate bambino. What was yours? Oh, I love this. Uh, but like, it's like I can only have so much of it. Maybe like mm-hmm. a four point two. Point two. Yeah. Four point two. So as Amanda takes out her calculation app, I'm giving it a one. You don't like mimosa. No. Too so sweet two things. You. Two things. I don't like uh, orange with pulp. Mm-hmm. So okay, but that's a that's a structural issue. That <laughs> 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 is Shalina. It impacted, it impacted my my enjoyment. enjoyment. Okay. 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 Can you so envision what it would be like without the no, milk? No, no, wow. no. Okay. So it's a one, and <laughs> I, I'm I'm not a fan of the sweet wine, as everybody knows. Anyway, so that's one. I'm at that's like right. a four point two as well. Woo! I would be at a four point five if if. I had more champagne in my second one. Yeah. But again, it's a structural issue. I'll just say a 4.2. Okay. Janet? Three and a half. Okay. Huh. I'm like a 4.5. I love yeah. them. I would even be higher. Are you like a 4.8? Bloody hell. I love a mimosa. I love a mimosa. Okay. Mimosa. A mimosa. So what's, what's the overall rating? Um. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, RRS5. 3.54. There we go. Oh, whoa, you really brought that down. Yeah, yeah, you really sorry. brought it down. Neca always does. She's I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm she so sorry. And yet not. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the evilest laugh. If it was Chardonnay, she'd give it a five. I would. I would. Well, we, are we checking out with a question? or? Yeah. yeah we can check out with a quick question. question. Yeah. Um, what are we excited for for fall? Oh, oh like a quick one word. Yeah, quick like, what are you excited oh, for? Oh, okay, that's easy. I'm excited for fashion. I like fall fashion. It's my favorite. I was literally going to say sweater weather. <laughs> <laughs> so was I. Okay, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm excited for Walking Dead. Oh, good. oh is good that still answer. on? I thought I watched yeah. two episodes. Oh my gosh, I love Walking Dead. Oh, nice. I'm excited for the cool weather. Yeah. yeah. Not so like, sweaty. like comfortable. Yeah. Comfortable weather. Yeah. Yeah. I can change mine to be different. I am excited for Halloween season. I love scary movies. I've yeah. talked about like five times this episode. I love spooky season. Oh, no. We should analyze a, a horror movie. Oh, one no, of they're these awful. They're, like, I'll they're have to watch <laughs> it with you, though. Mm-hmm. That's oh, true. Man. I think you all watch one when we had our retreat. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, we just want to well, say... I can say mine. <laughs> I swear to God. You said fashion. No, 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 but I didn't, I changed. I didn't I changed. say... Uh, yeah. okay. No, I'm, I'm not changing. I have oh. some really lovely cardigans. 
Cardigans, eh? <laughs> Lovely cardigans <laughs> that I cannot wait to showcase to my team. you can go out with a bloke. I can go out with some... Some bloke. Some, some, some bloke. Some fella. Oh my God. It's all good. Um, we just want to thank, <laughs> Neka and I want to thank Amanda, Janet, and Nicole for coming in, watching Handmaid's Tale, and participating and conversing with us about this. And we want to thank all of you listeners, too. Uh, it's great that we get to do this and we get to talk about things that are making changes in society. Yep, 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 yep. And so if you have anything that you want us to discuss on the podcast, email us at podcast at Yeah, and we will talk to you.